Bibles or look at the uh, the screen behind me or next to you and go to Colossians chapter 2, verse number 6. We would appreciate that we stand for the first reading of the scriptures in reverence of the presence of the Lord. And after that, whatever scripture we read, uh, we don't have to stand. But this is our tradition. This is a good tradition. And I'm going to challenge you that this is a good tradition. You hear me say all the time when I go before your honor, not because I'm in trouble, but because I got to go represent. They said, we'll all rise, the honorables, blah, 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 come into the courtroom and everybody got to stand. And if you don't stand, you get arrested. Well, the honorable so-and-so and so-and-so and so don't even compare to my Jesus. And so it's nothing but a thing when we will just say, let's stand for the first reading of the scripture in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God hallelujah so Colossians chapter 2 verse number 6 the word of God says as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord so walk ye in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Today, I just want to talk to you on this subject. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. In America, we're celebrating Thanksgiving Thursday. And I just feel strongly that the Lord wanted me to talk to you about Thanksgiving. Father, in the name of Jesus... Lord, we've prayed, we've called on your name, your word has been read and proclaimed. Now, Lord, will you allow me to be your instrument, your conduit, that you may flow through and that the Holy Ghost, Lord God, will have preeminence. The word of God will take authority and that, Lord, your power will be unleashed. And, Lord Jesus, none of us can walk out of here the same Will you challenge us today, Lord God? Will you speak to us today, Lord God? Will you help us today, Lord God? I pray that faith will increase in this house and that, Lord God, we will call those things that are not as though they were. Father, I pray that the heavens will open and the blessings of God will be poured out upon this congregation that we will never, ever be the same. I thank you, Lord, for the power of God. I thank you for the miraculous moving power of the Holy Ghost. I thank you for healing. I thank you for deliverance. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for healing. I thank you, Lord God, for strength and wholeness. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the family of God. I thank you, Lord God, for all that you're doing, all that you have done, and all that you will do. Jesus, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord. You may be seated. Will you hear me today? Will you listen to me carefully this morning and, and let the word of God take root in your heart? Will you not just overlook the word today? Will you pay close attention to the word of God and will you respond to the word of God today? Listen to this. This is heavy. I'm going to read to you. The Thanksgiving Proclamation of the United States of America. The Thanksgiving Proclamation of the United States of America. Listen to this. 
Thanksgiving proclamation issued by President George Washington at the request of Congress on October the 3rd, 1789, by the President of the United States of America, a proclamation. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signals favors of almighty god especially by affording them an opportunity peaceable to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November, next to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of the great and glorious being, who is the beneficent author of all good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation for the signal and manifold mercies and the favorable interpositions of his providence which we experience in the course and conclusion of the late war for the great degree of tranquility union and plenty which we have since enjoyed for the peaceable and rational manner in which we have been enabled to establish constitution of government for safety and happiness and particularly the national one now lately instituted for the civil and religious liberty with which we are blessed and the means we have acquiring diffusing useful knowledge and in general for all the great and various favors which he had been pleased to confer upon us. And also that we may then unite in most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations and beseech him to pardon our national and other transgressions to enable us all whether in public or private stations, to perform our several and relative duties properly and punctually, to render our national government a blessing to all people by constantly being a government of wise and just and constitutional laws, discreetly and faithfully executed, obeyed to protect, guide all sovereigns, and nations, especially such as have shown kindness unto us, 
and to bless them with government, peace, and concord, to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue, and the increase of science among them and us, and generally to grant unto all mankind such a degree of temporal prosperity as he alone knows to do best. Given my hand at the city of New York, the third day of October in the year of our Lord, 1789, George Washington. That's how the United States started Thanksgiving. I always felt like Thanksgiving was the best holiday we could ever celebrate. And when I came across this document and realized what this was all about, I said, my God, you're telling me the hand of God was so strongly upon this country of how it was started and what happened at the very beginning? This is why some people cringe and some people shudder when they think about where we are today as a nation when we are started this kind of way. Set aside a day for prayer and for thanksgiving. Set aside a day to acknowledge who God really is and what he has done. Even today when our government go and fight with other nations to try to bring peace, now you understand the reason why we build it back up. Because this was in the Constitution when they made that proclamation. They said because God had blessed us and God has done this for us and we are a great government, we want to help others be a great government. That's in this. So sometimes we said, why we did this and we going back over there to build up? Because there, there were some people that had written documentation back in the day that said that's the kind of people we need to be. And so that's the Thanksgiving of proclamation. That represents an attitude of gratitude. Thanksgiving is about an attitude of gratitude and our forefathers and the Bible teaches us uh, that we as a people should and must live our life with an attitude of gratitude. Church, I'm here to tell you today uh, that if we can get this part right uh, in all that we are, in all that we do, uh, if we conduct our lives uh, with an attitude of gratitude, uh, the things that you will experience, uh, it sounds simple. It sounds like no big deal. It sounds like you're already doing it, but I'm here to tell you, if you get a hold of it the way I'm going to talk it to you today, your life will never be the same again. You're going to experience the miraculous in your life. You're going to experience some things in your life that you could not even imagine. Just because you change your position and say, I'm going to have me an attitude of gratitude. Thanksgiving. This kind of position, or should I say attitude, demonstrated great value. And the Bible teaches us we must have an attitude of gratitude. I tell you, this is amazing. It is one thing for non-Christians to not have an attitude of gratitude. I can understand that if you're not one that fear God, 
If you're not one that understands who he is and what he has done and what he continues to do, if you're not in that position to not know who he is and what he has done and what he can do, I understand if you don't have an attitude of gratitude. But it is unnatural. It is unrighteous. It is unchristian. It is wrong. It is sinful and ungodly for a Christian to not have an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of thanksgiving for what God has done, for what God is doing, and for what God will do. We as a people of God, if you've been born again, if you have had the revelation of who Jesus is, and you have surrendered your life to him, if you're one of those that have come to the understanding uh, that Jesus Christ is God Almighty who came to this earth uh, and gave his life for your life. Uh, if you understand that, uh, there is no way uh, we should live our lives uh, without having an attitude of gratitude. You're going to be challenged today. And the only reason why we're challenged today it's because, oh, help me Jesus, they're, 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 what, what we do sometimes that we're not realizing is this. You ever been in a line, you're waiting in a line, and you're just standing still. You can change position without even realizing you change position. And can I tell you something the Holy Ghost just put in my heart to just give to you this morning? Doing nothing is causing you to be moved out of position and you're not realizing that you're being moved out of position of where God wants you to be. And it's all because you're doing nothing. It's not because you're being ungodly. It's not because you're sinning. It's just because you're doing nothing. And when you do nothing, you are pushed around and moved around and misplaced and displaced. And you find yourself in a place where you're wondering what happened. But it's because you did nothing. And so we think safety is do nothing. That's why we do nothing. Because we think it's safe. But if you come to know who Jesus is. You will raise up and say, I don't care. I will not sit and do nothing. I will not play it safe because I serve the almighty God, the all-powerful one, the one that caused our president to write a proclamation of thanksgiving in reverence to the one true and only God. When you know who that God is that has revealed himself to us, you can't just stay and do nothing. You can't just hold serve and hold position but you gotta move forward you gotta do something you gotta tell God I'm gonna do your will and I'm gonna trust you will move me and do what you need to do in me we're being moved out of position by doing nothing uh huh we're being moved out of position by doing nothing and so we think we're safe we think it's okay but what happened is, you get moved around, and before you know it, you're in a place that you can't even fathom. And so now, when it's time to demonstrate an attitude of gratitude, you can't. 
We're people of God that can barely, barely demonstrate an attitude of gratitude. Thanksgiving. We're going to celebrate on Thursday, but what are we really going to do? We're going to eat and just enjoy ourselves. Where will be the attitude of gratitude? Are we going to show any appreciation for what God has done for us? Are we going to show appreciation for the people that God has placed in our life? Or are we just going to enjoy ourselves? Because the position that we've been moved in is to just me, me, me. And so we're living with an attitude that's not an attitude of gratitude. Uh-huh. We can't do that. We, we, we have to come out of the attitude of me, me. And you know it. Here's a big challenge. I will tell you when we have an attitude of gratitude in this church. Now listen to me. I don't want you to take anything and run with it. Get the whole picture. You all are some wonderful people. Everyone that I've spoken to that has come to this church have great things to say about how you love them, how you treat them, how you talk to them. Everyone has come to this church. They, it, it, there's nothing I've heard really bad about this church for people that have come visit. So you're awesome people. But we need to get to the level of an attitude of gratitude. How are you going to know when you reach there? When you begin to praise God without the music, when you begin to praise God without anybody prompting you, when you begin to praise God because you just can think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done and you don't care what anybody else is doing, your soul just going to cry out, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. When you begin to just bust out with your own praise and nobody got to tell you anything, when you got to just, when you stand and just say, God has been good. He's really been good. He's really been good to me. I can't let him down. I can't let him down. He's really been good to me. Anybody know about that? God's been good. He's really been good. He's really been good to me. I just can't let him down. I can't let him down. He's really been good to me. When we get to a place where we can say in our heart how good God has been and how much we appreciate him and it makes us Stand to our feet. It make us get on our knees. It make us begin to run. It make us begin to dance. Then we will know I'm getting an attitude of gratitude. I'm getting an attitude of thanksgiving because I can praise Him no matter what. If I don't say anything else today, how about you work on that today? How about you work on that all throughout the week? How about you work on that all throughout the year? And even next year, you get to a place where you challenge yourself and says, until I get to a place where I'm walking and talking and living my life with an attitude of gratitude, I got a lot of work to do. I got a lot of work to do because I want to live my life as an attitude of gratitude. Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, verse number 12. You know the scriptures well, but we'll talk about it a little bit. 
the word of the Lord says in verse 12, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They lifted up their voice, so I lifted up my voice. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priests. Why did he say that? Because if you had leprosy, you weren't officially cured until the priest made the announcement that you were cured. So Jesus didn't even go into the rhetoric of saying anything fancy. He said, go show yourself to the priest. Mm -hmm. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Oh, man, there's so much to preach from this. The first thing is, you remember Peter seeing Jesus while he was in the boat? And he says, is that you? If it's you, bid me to come. And Jesus said what? And what did Peter do? Walked on water. Only two people ever walked on water. Right? All right, so Peter walked on water on the word come. What just happened here? Go show yourself to the priest. They had to go to the priest. Just say they decide, I ain't going to the priest. Were they going to be healed? If Peter wouldn't ask the Lord to bid him to come when he had walked on water. So why do we not do what God says? Why are we just thinking that, oh, God's supposed to just do something because he knows what needs to be done. And we don't want to take him at his word. We don't want to take the word and do something about it. Peter walked on water because he listened to what the Lord said. Come. The ten lepers got healed because they listened to the word that says go. If God is telling you come or God is telling you go, just listen to the word. Because if you do what he says, you will reap the benefits. But we want to do what we want and want to see God's blessing. And God is not that way. God said it's his word that we walk by. We want to see all these great things. But we won't just trust him and take him at his word. We've got a great example. We've got tons of examples in the scripture that when people take God at his word. We heard it in Sunday school this morning when the widow had her son and one morsel of meal to eat and die. The prophet came and says, give me first. That was the word of the Lord. She gave him first. Well, guess what happened? She had everything she needed after that. She wasn't hungry no more and had enough. Because if we take God at his word, we will see the miraculous. If we take God at his word, we will, we will see the things that God has told us we will see. But we're not taking God at his word. He said, if you don't praise me, Listen, the winds will praise him. 
Meaning they will respond to him. The sea will respond to him. The earth will respond to him. The sun, the moon, the star, everything will respond to God. And we don't want to respond. It's unfortunate that we're the highest in creation. And we're having a problem responding when everything else is responding. Because they understand who the Almighty God is. Is there anyone in the house today that have an attitude of gratitude? Is there anyone in the house today that will be in a form of thanksgiving just begin to thank God? Oh. He said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they go, they were cleansed. And one of them, here we go. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed. So the, t- the ten went to the priests, got cleansed. Yo, we cleanse. We heal. And they went back to doing what they were doing. Whatever it is that they were doing before. They were so psyched up. You know, sometimes we, 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 want, we want to get that normal life back just so we can go do what we used to do. And what we used to do wasn't good for us anyway. But we get our situation back, our position back. We have what we need to get it back. And we go to go do what we used to do. If you always do what you always done, you will always get what you always got. But anyway, they went and did whatever they always did. But one said, no. Let me go back because I know where it came from. Y'all can go go hang out with your boys and do what you want to do. But I knew, I know how I got healed. I know how I was cleansed. So you know what? Let me go back to the one who cleansed me. Because it wasn't the priest that cleansed me. It wasn't the priest that made me whole. So he went back. Uh Uh-huh. And with a loud, no, 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 with a still voice. Lord, thank you so much. The Bible says, and with a loud voice. This is why I preach loud. You might say, man, that dude's mouth is big and he's loud. You got that right. My mouth is big and I'm loud. But it's for Jesus. I will not apologize for having a big mouth, for being loud, for Jesus. He is the one. He is the one and only. And I love him so. Uh Uh-huh. With a loud voice, he went back and glorified God. You see where I'm coming from now? When I say... You will know you're functioning and flowing with an attitude of gratitude when you get loud and rambunctious praising God. It's okay. I'm just teaching it to you. Hopefully one day you'll get it in your spirit, get it in your soul, and you start doing it. For all the people that, that, that you've been used to, a church that's kind of laid back, I understand. I'm teaching you Bible. Remember I told you, no tradition. Bible. And so it says here, he went and Glorify God. Look at verse 16. He didn't stop there. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Ooh. Praise him. 
Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. The Samaritan. The Samaritan. You're catching this? You're catching this. The Samaritan. Which tells me the rest of them were Jews. Church folk, I'm telling you right now, we're operating like them ungrateful Jews. They had it all. God gave them all the promises and they know. Look at us. We are blessed. God gave us land. God gave us property. God gave us blessing. Look at us. And they go around saying, look at us. But this dude, he wasn't no Jew. He said, I got to go back. I don't want to be a church folk. Don't label me church folk. Label me a godly individual. Label me a child of God. I don't want to be church folk because church folk think that they deserve everything. They think that they should have everything. And that's why they can't have no attitude of gratitude because they think they deserve this and they deserve that. I don't want to be no church folk. I want to be a child of God. I want to be a godly individual. And godly individuals have an attitude of gratitude. (laughs) The dude was a Samaritan. Be careful when you're trying to be like everybody else. Because you'll just flow with what they're doing and it might not be right. And so it says that he was a Samaritan. Uh huh. And so verse 17 says, And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? I love Jesus. He's so funny. You watch how he roll? The Bible says he's all knowing. But look at him, because he likes to ask questions. Because he asks questions, so we got to give the answer and really notice what's going on. So he says, I thought it was ten. You see, he's got a question mark? Look, question mark. And it says, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Another question. Jesus, something else. He know everything. But he's asked the question because he wants you to get the answer. There, verse 18, there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this Stranger. Stranger. One that's not, you know, all Pentecostal up. He was a stranger. He says, y'all might miss this, but I still just got to put it in there. This is why it's incumbent upon churches to reach lost people. I'm not done yet. Let me give you the gem in that. Because lost people, when they come in, they're not churchified. They don't know the right ways to do things. They're a little off-kiltered. They're just different because they're just glad to be saved. And what they do, they bring a different energy in the body. But if we only have church folk all the time around and just save people, always praising God, we will lose our way and we will lose having an attitude of gratitude. But when you see somebody get saved that didn't know nothing about Jesus, they will come in and you will see that attitude of gratitude. And that's going to remind you of where God brought you from. You're going to say, yes, that's true. I remember when I was this. I remember 
when I was that, and God delivered me, and God saved me. Church, we don't have a choice. We better go after the loss. We better go reach the loss. Because if we don't reach them, our life depends on reaching them. They have a part to play in the body of Christ. They will help us because we stay stuck in our traditions and ways. But the lost, they will come in and they will have an attitude of gratitude. I don't know if y'all believe in me this morning. Churches that do not focus on reaching lost people will become a people that's stale, a people with no attitude of gratitude. And we've got scripture for it. There were 10 people. Looks like nine were Jews and one was a Samaritan. And it was the one that was not a Jew that showed the attitude of gratitude. And God is trying to show us something. You want another one? You remember the guy that got beat up and got robbed and laid in the street? And it says this one came and passed him by, and that one came and passed him by, and it was a Samaritan, a stranger. We got to get this thing right. We got to realize that if we become so uh, caught up in the tradition and how things are supposed to be and what we did in the old days and what we did in our church before this one and all that stuff is going to cripple you. You have to make this thing fresh. You have to make this thing new every day. God said his mercy is new every day. Well, we better make sure the word of God is new and fresh to us every day. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. We need freshness of the word every day, not because the word is not living and true, but the way we perceive it. We need to perceive it with freshness and not let the word get stale and not let the word become ineffective in our lives because we don't have the attitude of gratitude. So here's your miracle. Verse 19. And he said unto him, Jesus, after the dude came and praised him out loud, then bow down and worship him. After the dude did that, <laughs> oh my God, I can see it. I can see it. When your children are obedient to you, when your children follow your, your, your teachings and, 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 and guidance, man, it's not too much that your children ask you for that they can't get. The only thing you don't give your children when they're obedient, when they're responsible, when they're submitted to your rules, when they do the things you tell them to do, the only thing they can't get is something that you think is not good for them. Think about that now. And we, we got issues as people. We know we're not perfect, but God is perfect. And if you that are imperfect will do that for your children. <laughs> we better figure this thing out. If you will do whatever you got to do for your child when they're obedient and they live right and they do what you teach them. out, If you do good stuff and there's nothing that they can ask that you won't do. We'll go work a second job to hook them up. We work overtime to hook them up because they're doing right. What do you think God will do for you when you're doing right? Oh, my Lord, I can't even imagine that. And so he said, arise, go thy way. Thy faith 
Church, let me help you out with that. So listen to me. The nine that got healed, they just got healed. You can come to church and you can get healed and still be lost. You can come to church and be blessed financially because you gave and still be lost. You can come to church and dance in the spirit and love God and still be lost. But when you have an attitude of gratitude, you will be saved. See, the, the one that came back was healed and saved. The nine that didn't come back were healed but not saved. And so if you're talking about how can I be saved, how can you be saved, we're going to be saved because of an attitude of gratitude. We've got to realize that the nine was so happy just for the blessings. Which I don't understand why we put so much emphasis on blessings. You got quiet. All right. Because you're trying to figure out where I'm going with this. All right. That's what I understand. This is why I say that. Go back to you again. If your kids are in your home and you're well off, what's up with your kids? They, they all good too, right? If, if you got a nice home, everything at your disposal, we can even go a step further and says you got people working for you in the house and all that good stuff. What do you think your kids get? So why are we worried about blessing if we're the children of God? Why we put so much emphasis on, I want to be blessed? I'm living in the kingdom. Jesus is my daddy. He's he going to bless me and take why, why am I putting the emphasis on what he does and not? I'm in the house. And I'm blessed. I'm his son. Give no thought on what you may eat, what you may drink. I'm in his house. What am I worried about? I'm his Son, what am I worried about? You think he's going to see that I need something and ignore me? So why do we put a whole lot of episodes? Oh, you know, I'm blessed. I am blessed. Once I become a child of God, I am blessed. What I need to work on is being saved. Because you can be in the house and getting the good treatment but you ain't doing right. Which means you may be blessed because you're in the house. But the final destination ain't going to reach it because you're not saved. And so the bottom line is these nine were so excited for the blessings. They were just excited. Ran and danced. Went on living their life. Man, God is good. He healed me. Touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Don't we like to say all that stuff? That was just a little touch right there they got. They got healed. Listen. Still today. Still today. I'm almost done. The greatest miracle known to man is not healing. Is not miracles. It's not the sun standing still for however long Joshua told it to stand still. 
till the war was over. They ain't none of that stuff. We get caught up in all that. Man, I want to be like Joshua. Tell the son, son, I want to be like this. These are things we think about. The greatest miracle in the natural is a child being born. What was the greatest miracle in the spiritual? Don't mess with Jesus. He will mess up your mind unless you submit your mind and submit your heart. You can't understand. And the greatest miracle he showed you in the natural, which was a child being born physically flowing out of the womb. That's the greatest miracle in this earth still today. I'm still mesmerized every time I hear of a child being born and then a little later on look and watch them grow up and be big. I just can't. I can't fathom it. I'm still amazed by children being born. I shake my head every time. I'm just like, what is this, God? Greatest miracle in the natural. The greatest miracle in the spiritual is someone being born again. Y'all wish it was something else. Y'all wish it was something else, right? Oh, man, that's the greatest miracle. So we don't have nothing else to look forward to. We don't have nothing else. We, we, can't, we can't be like Joshua. Yeah, all of that can happen. But I'm trying to tell you where you start from so you can have the attitude of gratitude. Because if you start from the position of, I'm saved, you will live your life for Christ with an attitude of gratitude because you will realize what had to be done for you to be saved. That's where we're losing our f- everybody because nobody wants to practice the attitude of gratitude. All 10 lepers were healed. I'm going to finish it up because y- y'all don't want to hear no more. All 10 lepers were healed and they was like in God good, but only one returned to Jesus to say thank you. Only one demonstrated an attitude of gratitude and appreciation. Yes, all 10 were healed, but only one was made whole. Only one out of ten was saved. I wonder if it's only going to be 10% of the world saved. I wonder. I wonder if it's only 10% out of the world that will be saved. But I will say to you, if that's the truth, now you know you got to be careful who you follow because the majority is wrong. The majority is wrong. So if you want to follow the majority, you're going in the wrong direction. The majority is wrong. And that's biblical throughout the Bible. Majority, wrong. Now, if you want to call God the majority, we can do that. That's a technical thing there. So I can say he is the majority, so whoever follows him is right. But if we're just going by sheer numbers, the majority is wrong. Mm -hmm. And so we'll finish up with the scriptures that we started with. He says, as ye have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. How do we receive Christ Jesus? He's not physically knocking at our door. He's not physically waiting for us to let him in. And so how do we receive him? We receive him by obeying his teaching and practicing his teaching. We do so when we recognize who he is. And we surrender our life to him. 
when you come to church and you hear the truth being preached. I wonder if we'll get to that place. We hear the truth be preached. And and if you're having questions about the truth, you say, show that to me in the scripture. And when it's shown to you in the scripture, you said, okay, that's what it says. That's what I'm going to do. When we start living our life like that, we receive him. But if we hear it, and because we don't want to obey it, we don't investigate it, it's saying that we have not received him yet. So if you hear the word of God, and you kind of know it's true, or even if you don't know it's true, and you want to prove that it's not true, go and pursue it. Investigate it. See what it's saying. And if, it's, and, and if you don't believe it's truth, then okay. You didn't receive him. But if you can see it clearly and you receive that truth, then you receive them. That's how we receive God. If we do nothing, we don't receive him. You want me to prove that to you? Somebody knocking your door or ringing your doorbell and you sit on the couch and keep flicking the TV. Did, did you receive them? So why we think we receive God by doing nothing? I'm just, I'm just wanting to know. Especially you got the ring. The, the doorbell, the, the, the ring thing. So they had the door ringing the bell, and then you, and look, look at them. They head look. <laughs> then you say, man, their head looks so big when they all in there, stuff like that. But I'm not getting up right now because this game is too good. Did you receive them? So you acknowledge that they're there, but you just, I'm watching my game. I'm at my dinner table. They just got to come back another time. You didn't receive them. So you got two ways of not receiving Jesus. Either you ignore him or you just straight up reject him. There's only one way to receive him. Receive him. Open the door. Let him in. Obey his word. That's how you receive him. And so it says receive him. We do so when we recognize Jesus Christ as almighty God. And so in Colossians chapter 2 verse 7, finishing up here. It says, rooted and built up in him, and established in faith, in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. And so, you being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith should cause you to have thanksgiving. And so, we got to ask ourselves, maybe I'm not rooted in the faith. Maybe I'm not built up in the faith. Maybe I'm not established in the faith, and that's why I can't appreciate. That's why I can't have an attitude of gratitude. And so, sometimes I believe that's what it is. We're not understanding what has been done for us, or what God is saying to us, and so we don't have that attitude of gratitude, because we don't understand. But today, I want you to know that if we just want to say that he died for us. He gave his life for us. That alone should warrant an attitude of gratitude. That alone should make you become the one out of the ten lepers. I want to be that one. I don't want to be the nine. I don't want to roll with the majority. I want to be the one to say, I really appreciate you, Lord. I want to be the one that turned back around and says, I got to go to the one that has done this for me. As opposed to going on my own thinking that, I can imagine, this is not in the Bible, but I can imagine 
if the nine that got healed went about doing their thing and something else happened to them because what God God does his thing, they're healed. And they're doing their thing and they something else happened. Oh, yo. Remember when we were when we had leprosy and we went to the Lord and he said, Go to the priest? Can you imagine something else happened to them? And now they start looking for Jesus. And Jesus is no longer able to be found. Because you don't know how to find him. He made himself knowable to you, but you rejected him. And now that you can't find him, then what? How are you going to get healed? How are you going to get delivered? And here is what happened to us as, as people of God. We surrender our life to God. And, and, and when God is working, somebody hear me, because the Holy Ghost now is talking. We surrender our life to God. And God begins to work in your life. And God does some real wonderful things in your life. And he touches you in a special way. And you know all of that. And, and you can see the transformation taking place in your life. And you begin to enjoy what God is doing. And you enjoy it. But as we are, you know, our attention span is so warped. And so now that all the goodness has happened to us, we can barely see you coming back to church. We can't find you. You barely come. And you find yourself now, because God has blessed you, you have the fortitude to enjoy life because you're in a different status now. And so God has put you in a place that you're so fortunate and blessed. And now you decide that, oh, I want to go and enjoy that outside of God. And when you finally realize, oh, my goodness, I messed up again, you can't even find your way back to God. Because you went so far away that you lost your way. You don't even know what to do. In your mind, you're saying, I should go to church. I know I should. But for some reason, you can't even get yourself together to get to church. And then if you muster it up because somebody called you until you come to church, you come and you're just like frozen. All because you took the goodness of God as an entitlement and not that he just blessed you and you should be thankful. That's how we're lost. Because what God does for us, we're not thankful. And hear me out loud. Please don't say I am when your life says you're not. Because that's what we do. I am thankful. I am thankful. Yes, yeah, show God you're thankful. Forget about me. Show God you're thankful. You can't tell me, preach, I'm not thankful. I'm not telling you. Your life tells it. So your life will say if you're thankful or you're not thankful. Tell that to Jesus. Jesus will let you know. But he already set the ground rules. So let me finish it up like this. So what is, what is Thanksgiving? What is Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving, or an attitude of gratitude, is the aspect of praise that gives thanks to God for what he does for us. I'll say it again. Thanksgiving is the aspect of praise. You know what praise is? Thank you, Jesus. Clapping your hands, dancing, shouting. Those are praise. Jesus is Lord. Jesus, 
I praise you. Jesus, you are my God. That's praise in case you don't know that. So the aspect of praise that give thanks to God for what he has done for us. Ideally, thanksgiving should spring from a grateful heart. So if you are not grateful, if you are entitled within your heart, then it's hard for you to get a shout out. It's hard for you to get a dance out. It's hard for you to do a praise. And it doesn't matter what you feel deep down inside. Until it's expressed, it's just an emotion. Until it's expressed, it's nothing more than a thought. And we have many a thoughts, good and bad, that we don't express. Until it's expressed, it's worth nothing. You want us to go back? Peter, come. Until he stepped out, the thought of going means nothing. Until Jesus, when he commanded the lepers to go, until they went, the thought of going meant nothing. So it's not until we do something that we can say, Thanksgiving. I have an attitude of gratitude. It's not until you do it. So don't say that I am. We got to do it. Thanksgiving should spring from a grateful heart. But it is required of all believers, regardless of their initial attitude. We should be grateful to God for all things, but especially for his work of salvation. Mm -hmm. We ought also to thank God in anticipation of his answering our prayers, knowing that his answers will bring, always bring us in accord with his perfect will for our lives. Not only that we are thankful and grateful and have an attitude of gratitude to God for what he has done, but for the things that he will do. And sometimes when you're going through a hard situation, sometimes when you're going through challenges, you know what you need to do? Praise him for what he will. You think it's only about praising God for what he has done, but sometimes you got to stop and say, I'm going to praise him for what he will do. And I'm here to tell somebody here this afternoon, it's time for you to have an attitude of gratitude and say, God, you have done amazing things. You have done wonderful things. And I thank you for it. But this moment, I praise you for what I know you will do. I don't know about you, but I believe God is going to do some great things. I believe God is going to do some wonderful things. I believe God is going to do some miraculous things. And if you believe it, well, just stand with me and begin to declare it, begin to proclaim it, what God will do in your life.
He's going to do some great things. He's going to do some wonderful things. Uh, he's going to do some miraculous things. Uh, and I want you to begin to get into an attitude of praise, uh, an attitude of gratitude, uh, an attitude of thanksgiving, uh, because he's going to do some wonderful things. Uh, he's going to do some miraculous things. Uh, in First Thessalonians 5 and 18, uh, the Bible says, uh, in everything, uh, give thanks. In everything, uh, give thanks, uh, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Ephesians 5 and 20 says, giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus. Give thanks. He's done some wonderful things already. But I'm just going to thank him for the things that I know he's about to do. If you know the Lord, if you know him, if you believe he has done some great things, he can do again what he has done before. He can do exceeding. He can do abundant above whatever we can ask or think. God can do it. If he did it before, he can do it again. If he did it before, he can do it again. And for that, I will praise him. I I will have an attitude of gratitude. I will have an attitude of thanksgiving because God is worthy of all the praises, of all the honor. Somebody show an attitude of gratitude today in this place. Somebody open up your mouth. Somebody lift your voice. Somebody lift your voice and show the Lord an attitude of gratitude. Somebody let out your voice today. Somebody begin to praise the Lord and show Him an attitude of gratitude. Somebody today cry out unto the Lord. Lift your voice unto Him. Shout unto the Lord. Bow down before Him. Him, uh, worship Him and adore Him, uh, for this is an attitude uh, of gratitude. Uh, this is an attitude uh, of thanksgiving. Uh, oh, thank you, Lord. Uh, oh, thank you, Lord. Uh, he's a mighty God. Uh, he's a mighty God. Uh, he's a delivering God. Uh, he's a saving God. Uh, he's a healing God. Uh, he's a faithful God. Will somebody praise the Lord this morning? An attitude of gratitude, an attitude of thanksgiving, an attitude of God, I thank you, an attitude of God, I praise Go ahead, somebody. You get your blessing. Somebody, you get your miracle. Somebody, you get your breakthrough. Somebody, you get your deliverance. Somebody, you get your miracle. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about the person behind you or in front of you. Get your miracle. And your miracle comes through praising, through blessing the Lord, through an attitude of gratitude. Will somebody praise Him? Will somebody bless Him? Will somebody give Him honor today? Will somebody Somebody glorify the name of Jesus. 
Oh, Jesus, there is none like you. There is none like you. I adore you. I adore you. It's between you and your God this morning. It's between you and Him. You and Him. You and Him. An attitude of gratitude. An attitude of thanksgiving. An attitude of appreciation. Oh, hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. sanctuary can we just lift our hands all over the sanctuary wherever we are and just give the lord some praise and some thanks this afternoon oh hallelujah we love you lord oh we thank you lord god for your words this afternoon lord god oh god you've been so good to us lord god and we thank you lord god oh god we thank you for your goodness and your mercies oh god Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for His good, for His mercies endure it forever. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God, this afternoon. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's just give the Lord a round of applause. All over the sanctuary this afternoon. Let's just thank the Lord for all that He has done today in the service. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We don't want to close out the service this afternoon. If there is one here this afternoon that is ready to give your life to the Lord. If you want to thank God for being good to you, for saving you and keeping you. 
and you have not yet known the truth for yourself. If you want to get baptized in Jesus' name this afternoon, we can get you baptized. Amen. If you want to change your life, you know, come and talk to us. We want to make sure you're not continuing to live the same way you live in. Amen. In everything, we got to give God thanks. We got to thank Him for all in the good times and in the bad times. We got to give Him thanks. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Is there one this afternoon? Praise God. Amen. Let's let's give the Lord another round of applause this afternoon. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Bow your heads with us. Father God, we thank you for this afternoon, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for using the men of God to proclaim your words and bring forth your words this morning, oh God. For the God, we ask you, Lord God, that you'll continue to bless him, Lord. Continue to strengthen him and keep him, Lord God. Let your hands be upon him in everything that he do, oh God. Oh God, be gracious unto him and bless him, Lord God. Let your will be done, Lord God. We pray for all our family that is there this afternoon, Lord God. We thank you for all our family. We thank you for everyone that is here, Lord God. We ask you, Lord Lord God, that you will bless us and keep us, Lord God. Let your hands be upon us, Lord God. Be with us as we travel this week, oh God, in everything that we do, Lord God. Help us not to forget where you brought us from and where you are bringing us to, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, that whatever we do, Lord, God will give you thanks, oh God, because you are the reason, Lord God. And Father God, we ask you to bless us and keep us, Lord God. Dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence, Lord God. We ask you to have your way. Go with us, Lord God, and bless us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody give the Lord a round of applause one more time as we say thank you, Jesus. Amen. Just greet each other as we go in Jesus' name. Amen.